Hi, and welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my wonderful wife, Natasha Mason. Hello. And there she is. She's a little bit under the weather today, so she's not feeling well. Again. Again. Um, You would think she's uh, just sick all the time, but she's not. Um, So it's winter. Everybody knows that. Just want to say uh, happy Hanukkah. Today is the first day of Hanukkah, December 22nd, 2019. Uh, it's when we're actually recording this. Try and post it as soon as we're done. That way it is up for tomorrow. Um, I don't... <laughs> really this week we, uh, we we came through a lot of different subjects of things we wanted to talk about. And today I think we're going to hit on um, hands and feet. That's probably going to be the title of this episode is hands and feet. So a little bit of backstory on the uh, subject title here, subject matter here. Uh, would come from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, and go. <clears throat> I thought you had it. Well, I didn't, you didn't. <laughs> you were like, get ready to pose the question again, okay. which was what I had. Oh, you had your question. I'm sorry. I hit you with a verse. Go ahead. Grief. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular, and God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, Governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. All right. So we went a little further than 27, which is fantastic. So she read out a couple of the things that everyone was giving. <laughs> Everyone was given to do, right? At the beginning of the church, uh, the beginning of the church age or congregational age, ecclesia, um, the body of Christ was given many different tasks. Some were actually apostles. Um, and my personal belief uh, is that there are no more apostles. There are no apostles making. Um, we, we discussed this with our uh, Bethel episode, the new apostolic reformation. There's no new apostles. Um, these were people picked directly by Jesus. We are disciples. But as far as apostleship goes, there's there's no new apostles seen after the original have passed away in the scripture. Um, but in this world today, there are people who always want that extra little special thing, so they claim whatever. And it's fine. Do whatever you want to do there. Um, but anyway, the real passage here is really concerned and, uh, around um, being part of the body of Christ. And that was your original question, which I'll have you read if you want to read it now. Did you get back to it? I'm going to try not to strangle him on the the recording. Um, uh, So I sent a question this morning on the way to work. How How does being the hands and feet of God manifest itself? If you see someone in need and do it not, then it's a sin. He provides being with your... Provide... Oh... Provided that you walk around with your eyes open to see opportunities that present themselves. I think we walk around mainly most of the time with our eyes closed to those opportunities. Yes, and I would agree. And I so, need you to stop laughing at me. Well, I had a hard time reading that text too. <laughs> I got Thanks it. Thanks for telling me. I got the gist of it, so it was fine. Um, but no, anyway, it's a good question uh, about the, the hands and feet of Christ, the hands and feet of God. Um, and we're supposed to be that on this earth and I, a quick story, uh, to go along with all this. So, um, yesterday, uh, I actually downloaded a CD that I used to listen to back, uh, in the late nineties. Um, one of my favorite groups was audio adrenaline. 
they had a CD called uh, Underdog. Absolutely. Hadn't heard it in a long time. Heard the song yesterday. Wanted the CD again. So I went online, got on Apple and bought it and downloaded it. And one of the songs, their big songs off of the CD was Hands and Feet. It was it was about uh, being the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's what the whole song was about. And it was a great song. Uh, very popular back in the late 90s. I think the CD came out in 1999. And it was very, and, and the catch, one of the catch lines of the song was, I'll go where you send me. I'll go where you send me. I want to be your hands. I want to be your feet. I'll go where you send me. Um, and so the song was sang over and over. Um, the band actually started uh, probably early 90s. Um, and by 1996, Mark Stewart, who was the lead singer of the group, um, started developing some problems with his throat. His, uh, his, the muscles around his, um, I can't even think of it now. The muscles in his neck basically tense up and they keep him from projecting or being able to sing. It's a rare condition. Not a lot of people have it. So in 1996, he started having problems. He was getting steroids in his neck and everything so he could continue to sing. So in 1999, uh, they do the CD Hands and Feet. Well, by 2006, the band is falling apart because he can no longer sing. He's almost, um, he has trouble even talking personally. But Like, like laryngospasms? Yeah, something like that, if that's the word for it. Um, but he, he can't project when he talks. Well, out of all that, back in his early teen years, he had went to Haiti, the, the country of Haiti. Um, and when all this fell apart, he started the, after the hands and feet CD came out in 1999, he, uh, went to Haiti and started a ministry there. Since he wasn't going to be able to sing, he was going to do something, uh, in Haiti. Then there was a major earthquake that happened and, uh, he was on CNN and a lot of different other, uh, media outlets as a representation of someone in Haiti. Um, he was trying to get people to adopt children, uh, because their families, they'd lost their parents. Um, so anyway, kind of the point to all this is he went through a lot. He went through losing his voice. He was married to Toby Mac's sister, um, and she wound up leaving him and divorcing him. Um, and so by the time he got around to doing his ministry of hands and feet, he had really been drugged through the ringer. I mean, his, his whole, there's a couple things on YouTube about it. I watched today. Um, his, he just really felt, uh, he didn't know what was going on. He said he had 20 people, 20 different people show up to anoint his neck and his throat. And he said, by the time the 20th person came around, he's like, how are you any different than the other 19 who showed up? You know, how are you different than the other 20 who showed up? Because nothing's changed, right? It's not that he doubted the power of God. It's just that he had to get his mind and his thinking in the path that God wanted him to be on. So it's really interesting because he sings this whole song about, I'll go where you send me. I want to be your hands and feet. And then God takes away the instrument that he uses and he sends him to go be his hands and his feet. And, uh, and at some point in his life, he realized that, and you know, I wasn't meant to this singing that I was doing wasn't really the ministry I was supposed to be in. I was supposed to be here to help these people on the side. So we often think about, um, be in the hands and feet of God, right? And what does that look like and what does that mean? I've told people before that when you pray, we say we want the, uh, the fruits of the Spirit. I want more love. I want more joy. I want peace, long-suffering, and all those things. And I say, Lord, when I pray, uh, Lord, make me more loving or Lord, make me more you know, uh, gracious. Lord, make me more patient. Um, and one of the things I always tell people is you got to be really careful with that because when you ask the Lord to make you more patient, he's going to put you in situations where patience has to be exercised. On a side note, I don't ever pray for patience because I'm terrible. Probably a good thing because he would test you relentlessly. 
Um, but it's, it's one of those things where it's a, it's the exercise that allows you to allows Christ and the Holy spirit in you to work those things out. Right. So in uh, Mark Stewart's case, he's singing the song about going and being his feet and God took it. I honestly think God took it literally like, okay, you want to go fine. Um, so I want to take everything you have and I'm going to set you over here so you can do this work. Um, and, and now he's the executive director of the hands and feet, uh, organization that he started and he's still doing the work there, which is fantastic. Um, but when it comes to being the hands and feet of Christ, what does that look like for us? So, uh, I was listening to, uh, Francis Chan today, really strange that all this stuff just kind of comes up on the same subject. He was talking about being the hands and feet, and he was talking about gathering together with the body of Christ. We're, um, the, when we go to congregation and, uh, when we could spend time with other believers, it is, uh, he, he kind of phrased it that maybe you're the foot and somebody else is an arm and somebody else is a leg and somebody else is the hand. And when we all come together, we form the body of Christ and Christ as the head is what the scripture says. Um, he is the head of the church. So the body, when we get together is actually coming together in cohesiveness, you know? So what does that look like? You know, because not everybody's going to have the same, um, not everybody's going to have the same calling to be the hands and feet, right? Some are going to want to be missionaries. Um, some are going to want to be uh, deacons or support roles in the congregation. They're going to want to minister to the widows. And, um, and well, the, yes, go ahead. Well, I think I heard on the way to work, I was listening to a radio show, which I don't even know who it is or what, but she was talking about this, which was what caused me to think about it. And she was like, you know, it's easy to give money or buy a pack of diapers or whatever the case may be. And those are things that need to be done. But if you ask someone, um, like if you were to come and say, I need you to speak to a, a group of people about this, I, I would, that'd be very uncomfortable for me. And I'm, and sometimes people, when they're putting uncomfortable things say, well, that's not my calling. Oh yeah. I would agree with that. Or, um, you know, that's the when quick ask, out. When you ask them to give time and develop relationships with people, people are starting to get uncomfortable and find look for an out. Right. And and the question is really, um, do we want to serve Christ or do we want to serve the Lord in our um, comfort? Is that what we're trying to do? Are we trying to serve God on our terms? Like, you know, hey, Lord, I got extra money. Yeah, I can give that guy 10 bucks. No big deal. You know, it doesn't hurt me at all. It's not putting me out. It's not making me uncomfortable. It's not exercising. It's not me stepping out of bounds. It's not me going outside of myself. Uh, I think as American Christians, we're, uh, we, we're terrible at this. We tend to stay within that box. We're happy to give to missions and we're happy to give to people who somebody else can go and I'll give them, but I'm not, I'm not going to give me till it hurts. I'm going to give them enough. I'm going to give them what extra maybe I have. But I only want to be the hands and feet if, as long as it's comfortable. For me. Right. It, it don't, don't want to be inconvenient. Don't, I don't want to be one of the hands that's nailed up now. I mean, Jesus was nailed to the cross. I don't want to be the hands that's nailed and the feet that are nailed because that, that would leave a scar and that's going to be hurtful and it's going to be painful. But in the, in the, honestly, in the Mark Stewart case, um, that's exactly what he suffered. He, he suffered loss, tremendous loss, um, uh, for something. Cause you know, I've done music for years and as, as a person who loves music, I've tried to pull out of it a couple of times and it's a passion. It's something you love to do. If, if you had something that you love to do and tomorrow you were unable to do it at all. Um, that would be devastating for a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of people, if there was an artist out there and, you know, or someone who played an instrument and they lost a hand and they weren't able to play that instrument well, anymore. Well, because it becomes in, interwoven into who you are. Right. But shouldn't Jesus that we love and serve the Holy Spirit in us, shouldn't he be interwoven into us in the same manner? He so that, 
so that anything that we do, this is going to sound crazy. Maybe we go the, we go the further. The scripture says if someone wants you to go a mile with them, you go too. You know, if they, they want your coat, give them your shoes, give them everything. It really talks about going the extra mile. And it's something that we as Christians really need to pick up on. Um, when it comes to doing good things for people, when it comes to doing good works or good deeds, we're supposed to do that. Our faith is supposed to manifest good works. Right, we're not saying good works save you, but if you're a Christian and you're you have faith in Jesus and the resurrection, Son of God, living God, um, there should be some works in your life. There should be some works in my life. I'm preaching to the choir here. It should kind of come to you naturally, and you have a desire for that. Right, there should be, and, and honestly, I was thinking about this last week. There should be the um, we should be ready and paying attention so that when something comes up, we're the first ones on it. It shouldn't be anybody. This is really. Well, I I don't. Nobody's asked me. Right. I'm not, I'm not helping them. That's not my problem. I mean, these are the, we've got plenty. I've got plenty of those excuses in my own life is where things have come up and people have come up and they've been in desperate situations and I've heard it and I've, I've probably said it a few times. Yeah. You know, that's really not my issue. If they're not, you know, especially when it comes to non-Christians, we're very bad about that. So if somebody is a non-Christian and they're in need financially or, or physically or emotionally, we don't want to touch that because, well, they're not, you know. They're not. Well, to be quite honest, those should be the people that we want to help first. Absolutely. We should be jumping for that. We should be saying, hey, let's get in there. Let's share the love of Jesus with this person because not only do we have the opportunity to uh, touch their life, we have a, a, an opportunity to touch their soul, the very part of them that needs the most help. Um, and so as Christians, I think it's, it, it's our responsibility to have our eyes open and be looking for the good to do. It's crazy to me that we would say, um, Lord, send somebody my way. I want to help them. Lord, send somebody my way. I want to, I want to, but they need to be this and they can't be that. And don't ask me to do this over here. We can't put qualifications on it. So years ago, um, and I told this story, I think on one of the podcasts last year we did. Um, but there was a church, there were some guys who were working third shift. They went to a church that's uh, not too far from here and, uh, they got off work on uh, Sunday morning. They got off work. They were covered in grease and everything. And, uh, they go to the church, uh, that they normally go to, uh, but I guess the deacon didn't re- recognize who this man was. He brought some of his friends from work and they come in and they're all greasy and they're, you know, they're coming to Sunday morning service where everybody's dressed up. Well, the deacon stops them at the door and he's like, what are you, well, hold on. What are you, what are you doing? And the guy's like, well, you know, I brought some of my friends here. We're coming to church. He said, you can't come to church like that. You, you can't come in here dressed like that. You're greasy. You're dirty. This is a Sunday morning service. You can't come in like that. And so the guy said, well, you know, I go here. And the deacon said, well, then you should know better. And he said, well, I promise you, this is the last time I go here. And he left and he never went back. He took his wife and this kid and they went down the road somewhere else and they did not go back to that church. And immediately, you know, he said he was angry because here he had tried to do something of bringing lost people to church, the building I go to all the time. And I'm turned away because I don't look a certain way. And I'm turned away because I don't fit the criteria or the qualifications of how, you know, it's one thing I understand wanting to be um, the best that we can. We want to give the Lord our best. We want to appear the best to the Lord. Um, and so we dress up. And so a lot of, you know, we do those things, old suits back in the old days. Now we don't even have the time to do that anymore. Um, but, you know, we, 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 we do that. Um, but then we turn away people who, who could potentially want the gospel. And, and that's not what we're supposed to be doing. Um, and so, you know, thank, thankfully enough, that man was able to find another congregation to go to. And uh, he fit in really well and was happy about that. Um, but when we look at the people who are in the world that need help, we can't, to your point, we can't pick and choose 
the ones that we like, you know, well, they live on the good side of town and yeah, we can, I don't mind helping them. They seem like they're going to be more responsible with the money or whatever services I give them. Um, and it's really, it's tough because a lot of us are Americans, especially, um, this judgmental nature is built into us. There's this distrust. Um, and then you can blame it from all kinds of way, uh, ways and reasons. We get it from our schools. We get it from our teachers. We get it from our jobs. We get it from, if you look at people who are in authority above you in the country that we live in right now, they're putting distrust into the, uh, the regular average everyday people. Um, you know, you got to be careful where you go. Got to be a camera everywhere. Cause we got to see everything we need to, uh, you know, we're doing all these different things with your money and we want to make sure nobody's stealing and robbing and you got to be careful and you need life lock and you need all these different things to protect your identity. And, and there's all this fear built into society. And, and you hear often about the, uh, how social media and social platforms are pulling people away from each other. And so we're, we're putting all this fear in, we're dividing ourselves up. And then we wonder why nobody wants to help each other. And how, why are we so disconnected? Why, why are we as a community disconnected? Why are we as a body of Christ disconnected? Why is it that, that the two churches down here on the corner can't get together and have a picnic down here on Saturday afternoon? They're supposed to be the body of Christ. Well, they wear blue shirts and they wear green ones and they can't get along. I mean, we, we're, we're not, that's not us. We're, we are the body. We are part of the body of Christ. This living Messiah is what we're supposed to be. He is in us. He is working through us. And it's supposed to be a light to all of the world. This is, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, this is Hanukkah. Um, and that's what it's about. It's about being the light, you know, city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. You can't hide it because it's, it's glowing. It's bright. It's light in the darkness. And that's what we're supposed to be. And when it comes down to being the hands and feet of Jesus, we can be that in many different ways. Never think you have to do one or two things or that if somebody gives you a specific list, here are the list of things you need to do. You need to tithe. You need to do this. You need to give your time. You need to teach class. You know, really, honestly, it's, it's check, not check, check. right. It's nice that you do those things in the congregation, right? Um, we can be the hands and feet of Jesus to each other, but that's not going to win the loss. That does build relationship because we're family, but we've got to take it outside of the body of Christ and it needs to go with us every single day of the week. If we're in the grocery store and we see an opportunity and the Lord has blessed us and we can buy somebody else's grocery. Wow, that sounds crazy, but we could do that. You could help somebody that way. If you see somebody on the side of the road and their car's broke down, you got to be careful, but you still want to be able to help, whether it's calling somebody to come and help them or whatever it is. You know, we could take these opportunities. If you have a coworker who's struggling and you know what they're going through and you know they're having some hard times in their life, there's nothing wrong with, with giving them a little money or giving them some food or giving them a, a, you know, or praying for them. Or just even, you know, I think we would shock a lot of people if we took a moment just to pray for them. They wouldn't even know what to do. I think if you walked up to somebody who was lost that you worked with and you said, man, I really know you're struggling with some stuff this week. Uh, do you mind if I pray for you? I mean, do you, do you think somebody's going to generally say no? No, I think generally a lot of people would break down. Yeah, a lot of people are going to fall apart because they don't feel like anybody cares. And and at the moment that we start caring and we start showing the heart of Jesus and that, that Holy Spirit that's in us, and we start letting him come out, you know, those rivers of joy start overflowing. And they, they, they start seeing that there's something different about you. Um, and, and, and this is the old, the old adage that um, you, you might be the only Bible that somebody reads. I've heard that. And it's a bit annoying because people are not going to read the outside of you. It's going to be your actions and your deeds and the things that you do that are going to be a reflection of who you are. It's not going to be anything else. Um, we, you know, in the world we live in, everybody, I've got a pair of camouflage shorts on right now. These aren't Christian camouflage shorts. <laughs> they're not, I'm not going to say they're lost either, but I'm, but I'm, my point is that there's, there's millions of people wearing the same thing. 
And we can all look the same, but it's the actions and the deeds and the works and the faith and the word that we speak um, that is going to show people that we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Now, when that comes down to it, maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, I don't know how to start. How do I even start to be the hands of, of Jesus? How do I start to be the feet of Jesus? Maybe you don't feel like you're the person who wants to speak in a big crowd, right? I mean, you brought that up. I, I don't want to get up in front of a bunch of people and talk, you know, um, maybe that's not what you do. Uh, you know, if somebody asks you, and this is one other thing, if somebody ever asks you to speak and give your testimony in front of others, you should do it. Anyone, everyone should do it. It does not matter if you want to speak in front of people. It doesn't matter if you have the gift of speaking in front of people. Everyone should do that because in the very weakness that you have, in the very difficult time that you have relaying your message, that's when God is made stronger. You know, it's not in the eloquence of speech. It's not in the uh, verbose use of language, big words. It's not in any of that. I mean, those are things that, that we come up with and, and you get really trained at, well, I do, I do this podcast pretty decently because I've been doing music and been in front of crowds, but God doesn't need that from me. He needs me to be in my weakest moments so that he can be made strong so that he can be shown. Brad's got to be pulled away and God's got to be, you know, Jesus has to be raised up. And so in those situations, when you want to be the hands and feet of Jesus, you better be expecting that some things are going to make you a little uncomfortable and, and rightfully it should. Well, I think you just need to start with, okay, I'm going to do one thing a day. Sure. And you can pick it or you can wait for opportunities to present themselves. But again, if you're doing that, you have to be open to have your eyeballs, you know, because sometimes I think we just walk around kind of dazed most sure. of the time and not really, we're lost in thought. We're not really paying attention to what's going on around us. Uh, some people more so than others, but I think, you know, it has to be. A concerted effort, I think, at least initially until it becomes almost second nature. And one of the things, you know, one of the things that really impressed me with the scriptures is it says you're not supposed to let one hand know what the other hand is doing. And basically what it's saying there is that if you have an opportunity to help someone, to bless someone, you don't need to Facebook it. You don't need to Instagram it. You don't need to videotape yourself doing it. That's not sincerity. That's not the the spirit of, of Christ. That's not the body of Christ in operation. That's the... Um, that's the me. Look at me. I, I was watching a video today of a, uh, a church and their worship service. And before this even started, before the service even started, um, they were backstage and somebody walks up to one of the singers and, and starts massaging his shoulders and says, Oh, you are a, uh, what did he say? You're a worship, uh, superstar. You're a worship superstar. And he's ma massaging this guy's shoulder, telling him he's a worship superstar. And I thought immediately, that's kind of creepy. Yes. That would kill everything you would want to hear from these people. That would kill any kind of, of theology or worship that I would ever want to hear from this group of people. If this person is telling this person that you're a worship superstar, you're removing Jesus and you're elevating yourself. And that's not what we as the body of Christ are about. It's not about Brad or Natasha or anybody else. It's really only about Jesus and Jesus alone. And so looking for those opportunities to bless people need to come and uh, we need to do it with a tight lip. It doesn't need to be, you know, oh, you know what I did yesterday? You know what I did last week? I helped so-and-so out. Boy, they were in a, that, that's not, you know, 
We're not, but that's not how we're supposed to operate. We're supposed to genuinely look for that person that we can make a difference in their life. And we know the gospel can affect them greatly. And that's who we're supposed to minister to. So my encouragement is we got, you know, you got the internet. If you're listening to this, there are charities all over the world. There are people, you can look up the hands and feet with the Mark Stewart. He's still operating in Haiti and he's helping those people there. He has a great heart for them. Um, there's the open doors ministries that we've talked about that, uh, sneaks Bibles into countries where they've been banned. Um, there's, there's articles, relentless, uh, never ending stream of articles of persecuted Christians around the world who, uh, who are persecuted because of Christ. And there's so many different avenues in that regard to be the hands and feet. There's your local food banks. You're, there's your... you're never going to struggle to find people no. who are in need. We're, no, and the world we live in, the, the scripture says the poor will be among you always. Um, there's going to always be an opportunity there. So the main, the main gist of this whole episode is really to encourage one another to be the hands and feet of Jesus. If you don't want to do it alone, get somebody to help you. Get a friend, get a uh, fellow believer to, to help you. Say, hey, let's let's get together. Let's let's change somebody's life. Let's do something for one person this week that's going to make a difference. And uh, see where God leads you in that. And, and hopefully the opportunity is there to share the gospel because that's what it's all about anyway. So thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And we will catch up with you again on... Tuesday right. um, should be um, Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna hit that Acts chapter day seven. Three of Hanukkah. Uh, today is day one. Yes, day three of Hanukkah will be. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> you're you're on it. One, two, um, but we'll be on Acts chapter seven. Probably gonna do the first half because it's a very long chapter. Uh, but we hope you check that out. The study of Acts. You can reach us at theabnormalchristian at gmail You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Um, if we don't, be blessed. And that's, that's it. <laughs> Bye.